0: It's the Apex Vaulting Podcast, episode 47. Um, As always, thanks for listening. Um, If you could leave a comment question email us your thoughts it's always always appreciated you can check us out at the real apex vaulting on instagram we're also apex vaulting on facebook twitter snapchat check us out on snapchat Um, and it's apexvaulting.com to get all our information about sessions or we also have our pole vaulting articles you can check out we just posted our article about fall training all right this is your opportunity get ready for indoor track get excited Fix those weaknesses, right? You got to either fix it or live with it. And talking about fixing stuff, <laughs> I am so pumped. Uh, we have Danny Davenport, one of the original members of Apex Vaulting. Also his mom. She made the first Apex Vaulting shirts and continues to make beautiful shirts for my club. Uh, if you've seen those grip it and rip it tanks or if you've seen the pull vault shirt that's on the white shirt. It's like really, really nice lettering. Um her, his mom has made all those, and, and I, I love the shirts. Um, Danny, I don't think people really realize what it was like in the beginning. Of apex vaulting. I, I mean, maybe give a little bit of before you even talk about apex. Like, how did you start vaulting, and how did you actually meet up with me? Like, walk us through that process because I think a lot of people look at pole vaulting and they look at uh, Olympic champion vaulter or they look at some of these bigger clubs that are around. And they're like, oh, that's everybody gets pole vault like that. And uh, I think you had a much more <laughs> modest <laughs> beginnings. Yeah, uh, for uh, sure,
1: definitely. Um, I think I uh, shot the gun a little too early. My school didn't even have pole vault, and I went out and bought my own pole pole. pole. <laughs> the Pacer yeah, 120.
0: I remember. I think it was a 12-6-120. It was a 12-6-120. Yep. You know, this little kid just
1: trying it and trying it in our pit. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't an actual pit. We used high jump mats
0: as our mats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I remember going down the one time, uh, you and your teammate Matt Sally, who's also one of the original Apex kids, uh, you know, he... You guys were there, and I, I went to practice with you guys. And yeah, it was it was legit like three high jump mats, and then you guys had the front buns, but there was no top <laughs> no. pad, no standards, and uh, your track
1: guy, your gravel. track is
0: actual square and it's it was a square, yeah. Time. Well, I think I came right after they resurfaced it. I don't think so. No, yeah, it was still gravel. Oh, man, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. But, yeah, and so that's the environment you jumped in. Um, you know, and maybe we'll talk safety a little bit later. But There's no I, such thing as safety with that. Well, well, I mean, I think sometimes that word safety gets overblown. I mean, look, what, is that considered safe by most? No. Am I telling you to go jump without a top pad? No. Uh, but that's what you had available, and that's how you got it done, right? Correct, yeah yeah so wh- what was your pr when you first met me like again wh- how did you start coming up to the club like what go through I all that i think my
1: pr was like eight six if that maybe like eight four and a half
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah uh i met you through my head coach at the time frank and uh he brought us up to another club that you were working out of at the time when you first yeah, started yeah we, we were at
0: flying circus Correct. yeah and uh you're like, who's this little kid that's trying to jump with my hair that was, like, two feet wide? Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> Danny had, like, full-on fro. Yeah, bro. <laughs> I, th- I think his hair was bigger than him. And weighed more than me, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was funny because I remember I remember Frank telling me, uh, Frank Casabroda, I remember him uh, bringing up you and Matt Sally together. I was like, look, I don't know about that little guy, but Matt Sally will be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and how did that work out for you? I, well, I think both of you guys, wait, what's your PR again? 14, like, final PR? I yeah. Think it was like 14-1 or two. Or maybe I think I think Matt Matt definitely went at least 13-11. I think yeah. he went 13-11. So, yeah. yeah, he jumped a little higher. Uh, you jumped a little higher yeah. than him. And yeah. we both jumped 13 in high school. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was neck yeah. and neck there. It was neck and neck there if we look at the final stats. I would say you were more consistent. You were more consistent, but uh, but yeah. So you guys came up, and and then we would jump at West Milford. Oh yeah, Saturdays, Sundays. Yeah, during the summer. Yeah, to play a little flag football after. Yeah, I remember that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we would jump and, and play flag football. That that it was such a small group because it was probably a core of like maybe ten of you guys. Yeah. And, uh, and what was funny, too, because, you know, I knew Frank and I was trying to help you guys out. Mm-hmm. You guys were from Woodridge, which, you know, you guys don't have the best equipment. You don't have access. So, I mean, I didn't charge you guys. No. You, you guys came in for free. Yeah. I mean, and it was funny. I don't know if the planets have aligned or what, or it's probably just that all of you guys know that fall is probably the best time to reach me. Yeah. Tim Blasherd, one one of the original Apex guys, stopped by the other day. He was actually my first paying customer. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <is this> <laughs> yeah, uh, but it was funny. But it's like, yeah, there was this little core group of you guys, and and we just jump at West Milford and then play flag football, go get pizza afterwards. Oh, yeah. It was it was really was really very raw family environment. Yeah, yeah, Definitely. very raw beginnings. And I mean, the the thing is, it was like everybody was just even back then, just trying to bust their ass, trying to jump a yeah, little bit higher, just have fun and figure yeah. out what you needed to do. I mean, it was definitely fun, and I think yeah. you know, for me and you, especially, that was the beginnings of our pull journeys. You know, right. um, I think we re- we remember all the good times. But man, <laughs> there were- how many how many times did we drive to like Lafayette to go practice Lafayette, with Kurt? Kurt, Kurt hour yeah. and a half drive. You know, we would drive all over for meets and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was it, fun. Yeah, but it, but it took a toll going down to North Carolina. Oh my goodness, yeah, going down there for nationals and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but you know, you you go all over, and and it, it was really, really kind of grassroots in the in the beginning. Um, but I mean, it was it was real, you know, and it was honest. And I think that's the thing that you kind know, in set the, the tone. Yeah, yeah. I think even in the beginning, everything was about you know, keeping it real, being honest. I was always trying to put my best effort for you guys, 100%, uh, yeah. you know, and actually, you know, I remember a funny story. I don't know if you remember this, but I mean, I put in so much effort, you know, and you can maybe talk about some examples of how I, I would put in a lot of effort. But there was that one time what happened? You and Kurt went to a meet uh, <laughs> and you overslept. Yeah. And I overslept. <laughs> I felt, and listen, I still to this day, I feel terrible about it. I remember like I, I, I literally slept through my alarm because I would coach. You every- had to meet the night before, at like Bucknell or something. Yes, I was at Bucknell the night before. And so I w- that was when I was still full-time teaching. So I was a yeah. full-time teacher, you know, Monday through Friday, you know, normal school uh, schedule. Also, I would tend to stay till like about like four thirty-five o'clock for extra help, then go coach at West Milford, which I was teaching at a different school at that time. So I would drive 45 minutes to West Milford, stay, stay at West Milford till like 9 o'clock. Drive home, you know? So I was at Bucknell, and I got got in late, and I slept through my alarm, and I, literally the first thing that woke me was Danny calling me from the meet. <laughs> Him and Kurt are warming up. And I just remember how sincerely you guys, like, were not mad at me. No, not at all. Because you put in the effort, you put in the time for us, and we understood that
1: you had other meets and other people to coach, and you prepared us enough to where we could do it on our own. Yeah. So... Like, all right, take this night off, but you owe us some dinner. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and and look, like I said, I mean, I still, even to this day, feel bad that I overslept that day. But yeah, I, I think you guys knew too. You know how bad I would feel. Yeah. You know about missing the meat, but that was the thing. I don't think like, we let you forget about it, though. No, I definitely mean, crack a couple of jokes here and there. No, just like <laughs> it, it was funny. I visited Kurt, and of course, I had to bring up uh, one of my favorite Kurt stories. That's not really pole vault involved, you know. But Kurt would train so hard, right? Yeah. And one day we made these like sliders. These burgers, you know, the little mini oh, yeah, ones, man. the sliders. And he probably had, like, 20 of them on a plate. And he's walking down my deck, the stairs, but his legs were so tired from training. He collapsed, fell face first into the sliders down the stairs. Oh, that's great. So, yeah, that we, we love busting it. each other's chops, you know. I mean, but that but that's the thing, too. I, Danny, you know what? I feel like that's a big part of, like, honesty, too. Because, again, like, you know, I think in the beginning it was, it was hard work. And it was about keeping it real. It was about Correct. being honest. And one of the ways you keep honest honest with one another is you do bust each other's chops if somebody messes up you tell them you know what i mean and you were definitely someone who (laughs) who kept it kept it real you weren't gonna let it go you know especially Um, with kurt though yeah i don't care how big he is (laughs) well i remember one time and and it's interesting like you know uh, keeping it real and then I don't know if you remember the Dave Chappelle show. He used to have that skit, skit when keeping it real goes wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I always had to be that. All right, but Danny, yeah, you're yeah, about yeah, to yeah, Keeping yeah, it real go wrong right now. <laughs> and uh, I remember Danny would actually coach me and actually great story. Um, and it, it'll tie into a story that we'll, we'll tell you're after. Getting Michelle to jump no, no, no. Well, yes, like the first time, right? So <laughs> I send Tim Blashford; he's in college to go coach Michelle Favre at Sectionals. I had only been coaching Danny at this point, like maybe a year and a, a half. No, I, has it? Was it a year? Yeah, started my junior year. Okay, so year. I've been coaching you a year, and and you're going to this meet too. So Tim is supposed to be coaching Danny as well. Danny actually has to take over coaching Michelle, and that's when Michelle jumps 12 for the first time. Bam. <laughs> just showing you how bright Danny is, right? So, I mean, one, even in that moment, it's like he didn't care that Tim was supposed to be coaching her. He saw that Tim was a little bit nervous, and he stepped right in, you know, and took command. And he could honestly talk to me about the situation afterwards. But another time where keeping it real was going to go wrong, I sent Danny – this is now he's in college. I sent Danny – to Bergen, go coach Bergen Relays Yeah, Bergen <laughs> County Relays And he flipped out on an official <laughs> Now what, you, Why don't you tell the scenario Tell what happened And and I'll well, give you my thoughts We're at Bergen County Relays In Hackensack, And No, no, no It's in the armory That's This was indoors armory. Yeah, yeah Bergen What's County on? Relays indoors At the armory I don't remember yeah. that Well, go, go ahead I don't remember it <laughs> well, well, go ahead Tell the tell story
1: so, uh, so we put down the measuring tape To catch mid marks And steps and everything and the official comes over, you can't do that, yelling at me. And mm-hmm. basically, I was like, there's nowhere in the rule book that states you cannot have the measuring tape on the side of the runway. I was like, oh, I'm going to go get it. I was like, please, by all means, go get the rule book and I will mm-hmm. sit here.
0: Well, wasn't there? See, I think you're. You, I that's one one <laughs> meet. But I think uh, with the meet that I'm thinking about wasn't there. a Meet where you know the official was being rude, but he started being rude with Chelsea and some of the other girls. Oh, Do you yeah. remember that? And now that's the meet that I I'm talking. Remember that? You don't remember that, <laughs> Danny? <really>. You, <laughs> I, I don't know how I always remember everything better than everybody else. But you you had gone to a meet and similar thing, An official was being rude to some of the athletes, and so you stood up for the girls. Yeah. You know, and you, you were being loud. And I had to talk to you later because it's like, you know, again, you want to be honest, but at the same time, you have to know where you stand. Yeah. And that's a situation where, yeah, that's wrong. You know what was happening at the meet? correct? But it was like, we're a club a club team. Yeah. You're a club coach. I'm a certified coach. Yeah. And so it's like, you have to know that you can get kicked out of the meet. You got to like...
1: Bring it down ca- a notch. Yeah, bring it down a <laughs> notch
0: and, and know where you're at. Because look, I'm very similar. Like... If I'm coaching Ramapo College, yeah, you know, and I, I coach that team, listen, if the official is doing something wrong, I have no problems getting Absolutely loud. Not. Yeah. If I'm at a high school meet, I know I'm a club coach. I kind of just sit, sit aside, I coach my kids, and if something wrong happens, me and the kids talk about it, and I walk them through. And if if need be, I might alert their high school coach, yeah. you know, of, of a problem. Uh but, yeah, but you got to – I think you always got to be honest. You got to that, – that's really – Pick and choose your battles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, so let's go to this story. I mean the reason kind of Danny's visiting, um, you just graduated from your union. Correct. Right? fitters uh, Union? Yep. Local 274. P- yeah. Congrats. Thank you. Um, but how did you end up going into the union? Can you maybe – do you at least remember that <laughs> night on the living room in your yeah. house? Okay, So uh,
1: I was in community college for a year. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And Bronco's over having dinner, going over homework, and I'm just not getting it. He's going over, and he explains it to me. So we sit down like a week after. And I'm kind of like, I don't know if this whole school thing's for me. And Bronco basically said, it's like, if it's not for you, then you got to kind of shit or get off the pot. Yeah. More or less. Like, you can't keep going if it's not going to do anything for you and you're not interested. So I went out into
0: the work field. Did a couple jobs here and there not knowing what I wanted well, to do. Well, b- before you get into that like figuring it out, I again, I want to revisit that night. I mean, I remember being in your living room. Yeah. You were on on the computer working on something and I remember finding out that you only had like one or two classes that semester. Yeah, Like you didn't have a full course load and that's kind of that shit or get oh, off the pot oh. moment. And uh Danny's mom is there Maria and in front of Maria, I said, you know, Danny, like, you either got to take a full course load yeah. and, and and figure out what you want to do in college or you should go get a job. One or the other. Don't waste time. Sure. And actually, before that even, I remember one time you talked to me and you're like, Ah, dude, my mom won't let me go to Dominican college. <laughs> and I go, Danny, are you crazy? Dominican's like over 40,000 a year. If you want to get drunk, you can get drunk at home. <laughs> <laughs> I did do that. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like it's it's so crazy because I think even especially like, you know, for a lot of the people that are listening to this podcast, you know. I get it. School is very expensive. You have to know what you want Correct. to do. Yeah. And if all you're doing is going to college for a good time, listen, you can save a lot of money. Stay home and have a good time. Yeah. You know, it's, it's crazy. And that's why I think a lot of uh, a lot of public coaches who are listening, you might be wondering, like, why am I not getting recruits or why am I not? You know, well, one, a lot of kids are choosing schools that are end up being the cheapest period. Yeah, period. It doesn't matter who the coach is. And that, that's the reality of it. And that's, that's why I push the club thing so much. Cause I think if pole vaulting starts to become more club, more people are gonna do pole vaulting, have access to it, have a lot more fun. Cause at the college level, look people are choosing what school is least expensive. They're trying to set themselves up for the rest of their life. And yes. going back to that night in the living room, like my point with you was like, look, if you're not going to do the school thing or this is not what you want, then you need to go get a job. And I remember your mom pulling me into the kitchen.
1: Thank you. Well,
0: no, it wasn't. Thank you that night. No, no, Maria, your mom was like Bronco, you know, school's hard for Danny. Like you're being too hard on him. And I go, you can't cuddle. <laughs> I go, Maria, come on. I go, Danny Smart, he was in high school and he coached a girl to jump 12 feet. He he knew better than the kid I had been coaching for several years longer. I go, Danny understands stuff. It's just whether or not Danny wants to do it. Yeah. You know. And your mom had that look in her face, like you know, she was like, you know what? Like, He's right. Yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> she just didn't want to come to terms with it, but kinda. Yeah. Well, and and I think look for for parents as a kid, even you know, you're yeah. in high school. It's like everybody's going to college. Everybody's going to college. But it's not for everyone. Correct. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, I would even say for some people that want to pull vault during their college years, you (laughs) don't necessarily have to jump for your college. There's a lot of a lot of colleges that are near clubs or affiliated with clubs that you can. Yeah, you could jump unattached. You could jump unattached. You know, and and so you know you got to do what works out best for you. And and so you know why now going to like what you did after that night you know deciding to kind of like not continue going to college and, and what led you to the pipe fitters union
1: well I just I knew I had to find something with the stability mm-hmm. and work that'll provide for my future mm-hmm. and I thought the union was the best route, route for me so I applied not knowing really what I was getting myself into but I knew it would set up the rest of my life and mm-hmm. where I wanted to be and where I want to go for future goals and yeah five years later
0: I graduated Yeah, and here I am doing the podcast
1: with you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, here's the thing too. I think when you're honest, you know, when you keep it real, like we're talking about, um, I think the big thing is like, that's why I hear back from so many of you guys, you know, like when you called me the other day, you know, and it's like, I I don't know. I feel like this summer and fall, I've been very emotional. I've like almost (laughs) cried in front of people a lot of times, but it's like, it, it does like, it, it it means a lot to me that you guys call me and it's like for you to say to me like, Hey man, I just, I want to thank you for being there and being real with me in that moment because I could have just been like, Oh, come on, Danny, you got to make college work. (laughs) But it's like, that's maybe what textbook says. You know, just like, But reality has a different... Right. Just like textbook says, oh, don't jump unless you have a top pad. Yeah. But you went to Woodridge High School. So if you could get a couple extra reps a week doing little drills or, or short help. approach jumps, it's going to help. And you yeah. did things in a way that you felt works for you. Correct. And so it's like, look... If college isn't for you or something like that, I just I want kids to know and people to know that you can do well elsewhere. I mean, in, in the pipe fitters union, for example. Let me ask you. I mean, like, what what kind of salary can people expect? You know, once they get out and and are there jobs? Uh, right now, it's booming. Everywhere there's
1: work. You can pick and choose kind of what company you want to go work wow. with. So you got a lot of options. Yes, but I've been lucky enough to be with the same company for the past four and a half years. Mm-hmm. And salary coming out of your time, as a journeyman, you're going to make $53 an hour. And then as a foreman, you make $58 an hour. Right. So what does that turn out to be yearly?
0: A little over $100,000. Wow, guys. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's what I... And again, I think it's hysterical because a lot of times people don't want to talk reality. You know, someone will say, oh, well, I went to college and I have this like business degree or whatever and I'm going to make... How many people are making 40, 40 50,000 50, yeah. and you're talking about a hundred thousand dollars a year, you know, working a trade, you yes. know, and I think there's nothing wrong with that. Like one, we need trades and two, you know, those jobs are available and three, if that's what you like, yeah. I mean, I, I'm a little bit like Danny. I think if. Could I force myself to do it? Yeah, I have extreme willpower to do things that I don't want to do. You know, whether it be a workout that I don't really want to do, but I gut myself through yeah. it or whatever. I have patience. I could work in an office, you know, if I really had to. But I'll tell you what, I love not oh, yeah. working in an office, and I, I feel like you're the same yeah. way. No, I cannot sit behind a cubicle
1: all day, nine to five. I I love being able to wake up at. Five thirty in the morning. Start work at seven, six thirty. I'm out by three of the latest. Yeah. And I go to different jobs. I go to different areas. Yeah, direction. it's always something yeah, different, something yeah. new. It's never the same exact thing. Yeah. And it's fun. You meet a lot of good guys out there.
0: It's a really good time. Yeah. And and you know, again, going back to that that critical moment because. The reason I'm, I – again I have you on this podcast because I want people to understand the scope of like the impact you can make on someone's life beyond just pole vault. You mm-hmm. know, I think pole vault is just you know that's where we all meet. We meet through pole vault, and then like what are we going to do with that? Build and, a relationship from there. Yeah, that lasts a lifetime. Right. Yeah, and and you can really impact and. I mean, again, by being honest, by keeping it real, you can help someone through the, these pathways. I mean, how many people do you know, too, who maybe went to college, you know, have $50,000, $200,000 in loans and don't like what they, what do. they do? A lot. Yeah. A lot. And, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like it looks good on paper, but what about down the road? You know, and for me too, it's like, look. Now let's bring it back a little bit, a little bit more. Even purple. You know, we were kind of talking about this earlier. A lot of people look at stuff in USATF and they think USATF is that's it. Like yeah. you got to go through USATF. Let me tell you. You know how many people go to these USATF national meets or AAU even meets, and it's like there's three people in an age category competing, and it's like, oh, your kid was all American. Congratulations. There's three people. You know, I think it's a lot better. You go to a freaking club meet where there's like 30, 30 40, people. 50 people. You jump and there's a first, second, third, fourth, fifth. That's more meaningful.
1: Yeah, if you get there. And if you don't, that just
0: presidents to work harder to get to where you want to be. Right, right. And, and I think like, look, right now, I, I hate to say it. School's not that hard. You know what I mean? And everybody's talked about this. GPAs are inflated, right? It's easy to look good on paper going yes. through the school process. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to get a job. You know, just like with pole Look, it looks great on paper if you went to USATF Nationals and you flew across the country, you know, and you went to some meet and now your kid is national champ in their age group just because also the top kids probably didn't even, even go. Sure. You know, and it's like instead what you should be focusing on is training and getting yourself to jump as high as possible. And what you want to do with that, that's up to you. If if that helps you get into college, awesome. If that helps get you scholarship, awesome. But at the end of the day, you're doing this sport, I think, because you enjoy it. Just like you're doing your job because you enjoy it. And now you get what... It gives yeah. to you. You know what I mean? And, and I feel like people need to push it in that realm and be real about what those things mean. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like for some kids, like look, I was talking to kids the other day. You know, a lot of track people like to bring up the fact that track is the, the highest participation sport in high schools across the country. Yeah. But Danny, why do you think it has high participation rates? Because anybody could really do it. Bingo. Bingo. Right. If you go out for football, like look, in high school I played one year of football. I could have played all three, but I only did one because I just for me, I felt like I couldn't be successful in that sport. Yeah. I was 140 pounds in high school and yo, I mean, listen, I'm I'm tough, but I I just knew it's like I wasn't gonna play this in college. Yeah. You know? And so that's why I didn't play football. Basketball. I mean, everybody knows like I forget if the numbers like 6'8 or 6'10. If you're 6'8 or 6'10, it like literally increases your chances of being a professional basketball <laughs> player by like 80%. It's like ridiculous, yeah. you know. So it's like uh if you're not tall enough for basketball, you're not going to be that good, right? So it's, it's like a lot yeah, a lot of these <laughs> sports have requirements whereas like track is kind of open entry. Anyone can do it. And that's the beautiful thing about track. And that's what's great. But where I think track gets hurt is that the coaches a lot of times in high schools and colleges, instead of being accepting and just rewarding people who work hard, yeah. they just flock to the, the studs. Yes. You know what I mean? Like that's it. They say, oh, you score points in conference? Awesome. Then you're the man. Yeah. And they ignore the kids on the team that aren't on that level. I mean, how about let's go back to Apex in the beginnings. Yeah. Who got respect at Apex? Was it always the people who jumped high or was it hard work, Danny? Hard work, 100%. 100%, right? Because if you're going to put in the effort, I'm going to show
1: you what you need to get to that jumping high.
0: Yeah. I'm not going
1: to have somebody walk in, they jump high, and they have this bad attitude where they think they don't have to do anything
0: because that's – Right. I'm going to bring up two names. And I mean, obviously, like I don't want you to go crazy, like okay. right? Don't do a keeping it real goes wrong. <laughs> but I'm going to bring up two names, and and you know, tell me a little bit about them. Like Michelle Favre, Craig Van Luen, both Division Three national champs. But what do you th- what do you think? Give me thoughts. Because you were just saying, is it is it about hard work or is it just about results? And what do you think?
1: If you put in the hard work, you'll get the results. If you follow the regiment that's given to you. It's gonna happen.
0: See, now you're not being I've, honest. I've, <laughs> I'm trying to be PG. Now. <laughs> well, you can you can be PG and just uh, talk about your real thoughts. I mean, what were sometimes like? Come on, I feel like there was a lot of times at practice or after practice you would run over to me and be like, "Yo, what? What would you tell me about them? How are you putting up with this shit? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: would have kicked them out a long time ago." Right. I mean, look. And I think they took it. Adv- I think they took advantage of a lot of your generosity.
0: Okay. And and look, I've, I think, you know, to be fair to both of them, I, I think everybody makes mistakes. We've all, all had issues, oh, right? Perfect. <laughs> Except <laughs> for Danny. He's perfect. <laughs> um, but no, but like, you know, even in that situation, it's like, even though they jumped high, I, I feel like people like you at the club kept them honest. You know, if they weren't towing the line, it's like, let's say, for example, like everybody's like, oh my God, like those summer meets at West Milford, like putting the mats away or taking oh, yeah. them out. It's like, yo, if you weren't going to help. Don't even show up. Yeah. Like you you are gonna make them held oh, accountable, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And out. and so that that's the thing. Just because you jump high, you're not treated any differently. Absolutely. You know, and I think that's the little bit the problem in track and field. It's a great sport in that everybody can do it, but then yet coaching staffs only focus on the kids who are studs, and yes. that's where it hurts. Whereas, like what I love about let's say the fighting world, and a lot of people always say, Bronco, why do you talk about UFC? Why do you talk about boxing? Like, we're not boxing. We're not UFC. Yeah, I understand. Not everybody could do it. Well, but here's the thing UFC fighting, just like track and field, anyone can join. Yes. Anyone can join a boxing gym. Anyone can join an MMA gym. That doesn't and there's make weight you a, classes. Yeah, but it doesn't make you a fighter. Right. And you have to earn respect. Correct. You have to work hard. And that's the thing. It's like in track, we need to start pushing this idea and reality of hard work, effort, you know, not results. Because sometimes, Danny, you and I both know, like, you busted your ass. Oh, yeah. You busted your ass more than maybe some people that jumped a lot higher than you. They were just more naturally talented. I mean, how tall are you? 5'8". Five, 5'8". Eight. Five, five, eight. How much did you weigh when you pulled it? <laughs> Probably like 135. Yeah, 135. So not, not a tremendously big guy. you know. And, and you were okay. I mean, you mm-hmm. jumped 14. I think you could have jumped a little bit higher. I think oh, yeah. everybody could always jump a little bit higher. But it's like... I can't compare you to some guy that's six four, hundred eighty five pounds, not. and just be like, "Oh my god, you're not jumping as high as Joe Schmo." You know what I mean? Like, it's it, hard work and effort, and then how high you jump; those are not always
1: they don't correlate. Remember the kid from Manhattan College at the Armory when we were jumping?
0: Which one? There's someone
1: <laughs> He was like, "Why can't I just jump like him?" Oh, what what you said to me? No, he ju- said it. He said it to what's her name?
0: Coach Saints, niece or whatever. I don't know. I she, don't remember. She coached for Manhattan. College. You're now remembering something. <laughs> that I remember. But well, sure. I mean, like there, there's also like technique and style, of yeah. jump and stuff like that. But w- what I'm I, what I'm getting at is like you know, again, going back to honesty, kind of like you know when I had that conversation with you about like college, you know, or you know. When we talked about you know what you had to do at Woodridge to kind of get by, it's like you have to be honest. If you provide an honest atmosphere with your club or with your team, and you reward hard work and effort, then everybody works hard. Yes. Now even then, the stud is held accountable. Like I, I would say people like you held people like Michelle Favre accountable and made her work harder because it's like she saw you guys working hard, and it's like you can't get by on just like half assing. Nope. It. You know, and so it's like that. That's what I think becomes insanely important. You know what I mean? And look, I mean, I'm sure it's no different at your job. No. You know, if you're not working hard, you're, you're not. You're hustling, weight, you get laid off. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, they're not gonna want you back. You right. know what I mean? And and so that becomes so so important. I can't help you know someone who's really short become taller. But I can make sure that both, tall or short, work really hard. You know, I can't help that one person has more fast twitch muscle fiber than another. You know, I can only make sure that they both work hard and they jump as high as they They each possibly can. That's why, even like in mixed martial arts, I always love the belt system. I I feel like the belt system is awesome because if you have a black belt, it doesn't mean that you're a world champion. No. It just means that you're highly skilled.
1: Yeah. You You
0: know, you know what you're doing to a certain level. Right. Right, and world champs don't necessarily have a black belt. I don't know if you saw, um, for anybody you know who does watch UFC, Tyrone Woodley. Okay. He, he fought for his belt again, and he remained the champ. Yep. But then, so he gets his belt, like no big deal. His coach walked into the octagon and gave him his black belt in jiu-jitsu. He dropped down on his knees and started crying. I mean, that's how much respect. Like You yep. think about it, this guy's a world champ. Like UFC, stud, stud. Making millions. Yeah. But all he wanted was that
1: black belt. Yeah. Suit.
0: And finally he got yeah. it and he knew what that meant, yeah. you know? So it's like, that's why I always love the mixed martial arts world. It's like, it's not always about how athletic you are. Correct. You know what I mean? And like, you're trying to bring up with, you know, sometimes we'd have, we'd be at meets and people would see you jump and see the skill that you had. I mean, um, Danny, uh, from a zero step, meaning no running, just standing. He would you just step back and go forward um, he wrapped ten feet, right? Awesome job. That's how skilled he was. There's a lot of people they can't even move the pole from a zero. You yeah. know what I mean? So you you were very skilled. At the club, I feel like that was always super super important. Yeah. I I could humble someone by pulling them aside. I could take a 17 footer aside and be like, "Look at Danny," or "Look at this little girl," or whatever. Yeah. You know, Look at their skill, and and that's important. And say, like, and you have to work hard for that. Oh, skill. it took. <laughs> I think it was like four or five years in. To where I could finally get that. Right. Yeah. And so it's like – and it's just repeating the same drills over and, and over and over, and over again. <laughs> I It was so funny because – it was funny that you called me this week, Danny, because I was, I was listening to uh, the Joe Rogan podcast. Okay. And he had Teddy Atlas on who was one of uh, Mike Tyson's trainers when he was younger. And Teddy Atlas was just talking about like – Customado, Mike Tyson's coach, and he was like, you know, Customado taught him something. He goes, You have to drill a fighter and teach them something to the point, just keep doing it over and over again till they can't do it wrong. He goes, Don't do it till they get it right. Do it till they can't do it wrong. Yep. And that's how I always felt at Apex. That's what we did. And I think that environment of people, you know, where your work ethic. Is what gives you status Oh 100% You know what I mean That's I And and, I mean You tell me if I'm wrong But I always felt like Work ethic Gave you status And I always felt like You guys were Like the higher you jumped In the club The tougher Everyone was on them Oh yeah Like if the highest person In the club Was slacking Or they couldn't do a drill It was like Exactly, you know what I mean, and that's that's again being honest, yeah. keeping it real. You know, it's like because you you know what you're jumping the highest, you're representing everyone. You need to be able to you do this. You have to set the tone for it, right? You know, and so it's like that's that's really really important, like that accountability. You know, for work ethic it's solely is solely on you, and it's huge. It's yeah. so important because the thing is, I, I'll tell you, big mistake that sometimes we do as coaches, and I and I've been guilty of this. You know. Is you get an athlete that's doing real well, and you start to roll out the red carpet, and you start to pamper them, yep, and you spoil them. But it's wait a second, what happens when you spoil a kid? You get a brat. You get a brat. You've had a couple. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, look, I, I think, I think that's that's an easy mistake in the oh, beginning. Yeah. You know, it's an easy mistake to kind of like let someone just ah, you know what, like. Danny don't don't bother Sally or don't bother John they jump high you know they are working hard and you're like you'd be the first one to like bullshit yeah no they're way they're not jumping high anymore yeah or even if they are jumping high they won't be jumping high I for very long like that, that attitude correct yeah you know and you know it's I just I I know to to this day that's why the success that we have at the club whether it's how big the club has gotten you know cuz again you remember Sorry, going man. up to West Milford, oh, you know, yeah. 10 people outside. I remember sometimes there would be a rainstorm sitting in my car until so the rainstorm <laughs> passes, passes. And we passes, go yeah. right back to practice. Yeah, and then, like, the bear would show up. And, and you know, we'd run to the car <laughs> and then go back to practice. Yeah. So it's like I remember that. And it's like now it's like, you know, having a facility, all these poles, two pits, the weight it, equipment, it's everything. Crazy. Yeah, and it, it's it's like a factory in here. If you it's come in the a middle of the session, yeah, we were, we were to where you are, right? But it's like to this day, it's all about Working. hard work and keeping it real, keeping people accountable. You yeah. know, and it's like no one person is above that. I don't care how high they jump. I don't care where they come from. I don't care what their name is. It's like if you're not gonna put in your time, if you're not gonna bust your ass then this is not the place for you correct there's no one special here there's no one special here i mean even me like we we were talking about before about you know sometimes like how how we split up sessions cuz when we, because of the two pits we always have uh one coach per every 10 athletes so we never go more than 10 per coach so when we split up a session sometimes it's like you know, I tend to not coach the best people. Yeah. Because I think they're the easiest to coach. They know what they're doing. 100%. I always take the beginners. I'm going to take the hard work of trying to teach the beginners. So even me, I'm always, I'm like, you know what, I got to do it first. Yeah. And even like, yo, yeah, well, legit, Danny, I'm cleaning the bathrooms. You know what I'm saying? I'm vacuuming. I'm, I'm doing all that stuff. It's like, because if I'm not willing to do that, why would How, anybody else exactly, do it? Exactly.
1: Yeah. You're setting you know? the tone for everybody else. Yeah. When it comes back to it.
0: Yeah um
1: is there anything else that you want to add do you have that video of me putting you on your ass when we were wrestling up at west milford i think Susie does you know i i
0: have a good memory but that's foggy (laughs) i don't don't, 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 day. i don't remember that that memory i can't remember i can't remember um no yeah danny was also a wrestler before he he came into pole vaulting and uh he's a pretty explosive guy um But I think he he was talking about Brad Hoey. I think he, he no Kurt. Ho-
1: it
0: was Kurt. <laughs> I'm scared. coming for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, Danny, thanks for being Thank on the you podcast. For having me. Yeah, no problem. Um, again, um, apexvaulting.com. That's our website. Apexvaulting@gmail.com. That's our email. If you want to reach out, you can follow us on uh, at the real Apex on Instagram. It's Apex Vaulting on Facebook, Snapchat. Twitter and uh, YouTube too. Um, we'll we'll uh, we'll hopefully have you guys listen to next time.